So this is the Sunday of the church year when rectors everywhere, if they have associate clergy, pawn off. I mean, they invite um, assistants and associates. They get their seminarians. They get guest preachers to step into the pulpit and to take on the mystery of the Trinity. The Sunday after Pentecost is always known as Trinity Sunday. We get to kind of revel in this mystery and wonder of this doctrine that we believe in. And Rob joked last week at the 11 o'clock that I would make all things clear uh, with regard to this doctrine. Um, But spoiler alert, that's probably not going to happen. But in all seriousness, I do hope that this Trinity Sunday, you will be able to pause for a moment and delight in the Trinity whose unity is found in diversity, whose very essence, the very core of what the Trinity is all about is relational, and whose presence permeates our lives today. To paraphrase what a parishioner said to me last week at coffee hour, he said the thing about the Trinity is that it's not something so much that you get here, but it's something that we come to know here. I think he's right on. So my prayer today is that God will open our hearts. Now Maria von Trapp sings in The Sound of Music, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. And we get words of beginning today. We get to hear one of the accounts of creation in the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And then near the end of the passage, on the sixth day, God says, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. It's easy to miss, but notice the plural that's there. Let us make humankind in our image. It's not let me make humankind in my image. And Christian interpreters have looked to these words retrospectively and noted that perhaps there's this clue there pointing to the Trinity when God refers to themselves in the plural. Signs of this union between God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are present here. And we start to get a sense from the opening passages of Scripture of the Trinity's dynamic, co-eternal nature that's present before time even begins. Think about something else for just a moment. If we are to take the belief that you and I are made in God's image, if we're to take that belief seriously, then it's important to realize that us and ours, that's woven into the fabric of our being, much more so than me or I. Now that's easy to lose sight of, in this city, in this nation where rugged individualism and self-interest, they are put up on pedestals. But by contrast, we're made by a being to reflect that being who by their very nature is all about relationships. And so that's what is at our core too. Now, if all of this is kind of drifting too much up here, is too conceptual, I want us to come back down to earth, like right up close to the earth. 
Yesterday, in the middle of a meetup for families at St. John's, out on Haynes Point, two toddlers called me over to look at a bug. And it was an ant, and then we were kind of looking around, and we eventually found a little ant hill. One of those toddlers was my son, and one of his favorite pastimes these days is to call out, bug, and then crouch down and inspect every little like insect he can find. Um, and sometimes it's really just a speck of dirt. But when it is an ant or a spider or wonder of wonders, it's an actual beetle, he is just enthralled and fascinated by it. And guess what? So is God. As much delight as Sam takes in a little ant, so much more does God delight in that being. What a gift it is to hear that opening passage of Genesis read aloud. We get this sense of detail and attention and love that God put into creation. And rather than hearing it or reading it as the scientific accounting of how the world came into be, we might look at it as this love letter to the innumerable diversity of our world. From the night sky to the waters of the earth, from plants and birds, from great sea monsters to every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, God calls it good. And humans get the blessing, the distinctive blessing, and the distinctive responsibility of being made in God's image and God's likeness. All of creation, though, bears witness to the pleasure and the goodness that God beholds in diversity. By design, this diversity is necessary not only in making creation function, but really to make it whole. God, who said, let us make humankind in our image, made a universe that is built on and needs to be sustained by connection and interdependence. But God didn't just set the world in motion and then step back. How could God do that when ongoing relationship is who God is as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as one who creates, redeems, and sustains constantly and eternally? So I want to jump to the gospel to see an example of this. Today, in today's gospel, we find ourselves listening in on Jesus' last words to his disciples in Matthew's gospel. And... In Matthew, the gospel really ends not very long after Jesus' resurrection. The disciples make their way back to Galilee, and then they meet the resurrected Christ. And you might have noticed it said that they worshipped him when they saw him, but they also doubted. And so as one commentator writes, they need a pep talk. And so Jesus keeps it short. He says, go. Baptize, teach, and remember. All of those words are verbs. They are all about action, and all of them are about relationship. The mantle has really been passed. Jesus is saying, here is what you are to do now. Go. Build community that's grounded in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember, remember that I am with you always. That relationship that we have had It is changing, but it's not ending. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So from let there be light 
to I am with you always, these first words and Jesus' parting words, God is constantly calling our attention to connection and to relationship. And so maybe the best way that we can actually hope to understand the Trinity is to live more deeply into who it is we're called to be. And that's community. And so to that end, my challenge to you this week is to think about what relationship might you focus on this week? Maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe you'll spend a little bit more time in prayer, or it might look like spending a few moments just reflecting on your day and inviting Jesus to come and sit with you, imagining him actually sitting there with you as you do that and sharing with him about it. Or maybe there's a relationship in your life that is strained, but there is this hope that maybe it can be repaired. Or maybe it's a relationship that needs to come to an end. A pruning needs to happen so that new life can come through. How about your relationship with those who are hungry or thirsty or in need? Later this month on June 17th, there's going to be an opportunity to serve lunch at Grace's Table in Georgetown. Maybe this is the month you sign up to bring dessert or go and have lunch with your... Maybe you could gather school supplies for the school supply drive that begins next week. And as you buy a calculator or as you pick out a notebook, you pray for the student that's going to hold that in their hands come the fall. Now don't be a hero or a martyr and try to do all these things. Just pick one of them this week. And take one step in the direction of making a difference in that relationship this week. Today we celebrate that God can't really be put in a box. God isn't easily definable or explainable. It's a day to revel in mystery and wondering. Three and one and one and three and that somehow that makes sense. But I also want you to remember the wisdom of your fellow parishioner that when it comes to the Trinity, and I think really when it comes to our life as Christians, it is not so much about getting it here, but it is about coming to know it here. God, open our hearts. Happy Trinity Sunday. Amen.